and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Jody Euler, I am very, very excited to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chats. I want to hear all about your story. You're an amazing woman. And for anyone who is listening, I have to tell you, I'm looking at this vision, this fashion plate in front of me with beautiful red hair piled high and a flower in her hair and gorgeous clothes. And I was just saying to her, I don't think I've ever seen her look scruffy. Meanwhile, I do look scruffy, so we're not going to talk about me. <laughs> so Jody, tell everybody what it is that you do. And Welcome. Well, first of all, thank you for that amazing introduction, Jules. Um, I love colour, so it's it's very rare you won't see me. You do it very well. Thank you. Um, So, I guess as the founding director of Red Hot Blue, which is a creative marketing agency um, based in the Whitsundays. But what I love to do is, I mean, take people's ideas from their infancy and turn them into grand visions and successful outcomes. I love that. What a great sentence. So it's, you know, I love it. I love meeting with people who don't really understand the path they need to head on. Um, They have all these ideas and sometimes they're just completely lost as to where to start, what to do, how to actually turn that into something that can be tangible. So um, I don't think I've had a meeting yet where I haven't had a person leave over 25 years of being in business where they don't feel energised and excited about what that future looks like. So, yeah, all these years on, I still get so much joy in working with people. Oh, you're just beautiful. Now, we were talking before we came on air, and I think we should just explain a little bit more about what it is like for, and I've had an agency as well, so I know exactly what you're talking about, that there are people who will come to you halfway through something with something half fixed in their mind and kind of insist that they want it to be completed, even when you know in your heart of hearts, because you've done this a million times, that it's not going to work. So one of the things that we were talking about, and I think this is really interesting for any women that are listening to understand that if you go really early on to your agency and build the strategy together, then it's much, much easier to implement it. And also you'll kind of have the agency's backing because they've been part of that process. So they'll kind of understand you what it is that you're trying to achieve and if it's not right, can kind of re-guide it, I guess. And so talk to me a little bit about that yeah. from a red hot blue perspective. Yes, absolutely spot on. Everything you're saying is is spot on. And it's the part for us that we love is being at the beginning of that journey because yeah. having, you know, been in this industry for 30 years, 25 years in business myself, I've seen a lot. Um, and not just from my- <laughs> Can I just say, you don't look old enough to have <laughs> that much experience in business, but well, do keep you. going. Thank you. <laughs> You're just full of compliments, aren't you? Um, <laughs> not normally. <laughs> but look, you know, not just from my own experience, but also from the, the variety of clients we've worked with. And the thing is, is if you get the foundations right at the beginning, if you understand your yep. vision and your brand, um, it's so much easier for the long term. Whereas what we do see often is people have left their marketing strategy, um, what their brand represents, 
at the very last part of the the piece of the puzzle. And then they're try- we're trying to often undo a lot of mistakes. And, and that's a costly exercise for them, both yeah. financially but also emotionally. So yeah. being at the beginning of the brand, and, I mean, if you think of some of the giants, you know, who do it well, like Apple, you know, Nike. Mm. Um, Virgin. Virgin. It's, it, they live and breathe their brand. It's not just a logo yep. slapped on the side of something. It's absolutely every single touch point. And um, we love it. It, it, we love it. You know, we, we do it well, but it's because we love what we do. And we can see, um, I guess, you know, often clients have blinkers on. We can see from a very different perspective <laughs> yep. to them, you know. and, and Very true. And, and, we, and everybody needs that. Yeah. They need that that objective kind of perspective as well. Yeah, and look, as much as, <laughs> you know, where like I'm so enthusiastic, I get so excited for people about what potentially that could look like for them, also very honest because people don't need someone, a yes person, just to sit on the fence and sort of agree with what they're doing Blow to make smoke them feel up better. Their bottom. No, we say we're not a naughty exactly. dog agency. We will tell it straight I like because that. we know um, what that could look like. Yeah, if they do things the way that we recommend. Love it, love it. And I think, yeah, and I think that you're able to support someone much better if they are following a strategy that you've both agreed on from the beginning. Yeah, and look, okay, it's, so, and I just want to say, yeah. it's a relationship. Yeah, of course. It's a relationship. It's about, it's like anything, do you know what I mean? There's a trust that has to go hand in hand for that success to come. And some of the most incredible outcomes we've seen is where people have come in and said, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I know that I need um, a professional in this space and they've trusted us and the outcome's been magnificent. So, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. No, that makes sense. Okay, so uh, we're going to go into your history in a minute. We're going to—I'm going to get you to take us back to when oh you were a little girl, and I love <laughs> it that you're on the Wit Sundays. But why did you set it up 25 years ago, Jody? What? What did something happen that made you go, "This is it. I'm going to start my own business." Well, I always believed in high school that I would have right. my own business one day, and. Funnily enough, talking about when I was a small child, I always, when people said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a checkout chick. So <laughs> I can get that because they were like, I always wanted to be a teacher because I wanted to write on a chalkboard. Loved- were you wanting to use the cash yes. register? Yes. <laughs> and I would make my mum, when she'd come home from the groceries, I wouldn't let her put them away and I'd line them up on the bench and I'd slide them and down pretend. and I'd make my sister be at the end. She'd always have to be the customer. And she'd say, Jody, please, <laughs> can I be the cashier? I'm, no. This is my job. <laughs> so I had the most spectacular fake um, like little shopping centre. But I I always knew I wanted to be in business. I didn't know what that was. I always had okay. this entrepreneurial mind. Um, and going to my careers officer in high school in year 12 and saying, I love art, I'm really good at art, I, was, I did a lot of photography, what can I do? And he basically flicked through the QTAC book and said, Mm, be an artist and <laughs> I, don't you love teachers yeah it was it was so I didn't know what that was going to be I just knew one day I would uh and I guess right. for me having gone away I studied in Brisbane uh I worked and freelance there I actually had my own business there with two guys straight out of college oh I'll look forward to hearing about a bit more about that but yeah um 
So what what did you study? Well, I mean, I, and we're getting a little bit ahead Sorry. of ourselves, but I'm, I'm inter- what I'm interested in really is, is was there a light bulb moment? Was there something that happened that made you go, right, now's the time? Yeah, what was that moment? So for me, it was spending time in Brisbane, freelancing, dismal failure with the first business, but learnt so right. much. Decided to move back home to Mackay and I worked back at the newspaper where I'd worked as a press photographer straight out of school right. with the view, with a vision that I would do two years there and then start my own business. And that's what okay. I did. Ooh, aren't you good? You set goals and you actually achieve them yeah. and then move on. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So now you've alluded to this great growing up in the Whitsunders. I, you know, I grew up in Ireland and England where it's cold and wet and snowy <laughs> and revolting. And the, the thought of be, of growing up in the Whitsundays kind of blows my mind. So tell me a little bit about what it was like. What, what size family did you have? What did your mum and dad do? And were you living on an island? No, no, not on an island. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> Look, I had the most amazing childhood uh, and, you know, we did, we we spent time on the beach. Um, we've got beautiful rainforests here in Mackay too. So lots and lots of, my, my childhood was filled with outdoor adventures, which was really exciting. Uh, I'm one of two. So I'm, I've got a sister who's three and a half years younger than me. My okay. dad worked uh, for Telecom back in the day, now known as Telstra. Oh, before Telstra, as a, yes. As a technical officer. And mum, you know, like mum basically was a mum as that yeah. era was until we got a little bit older and then she uh, was the first waitress at Pizza Hut that opened up in Mackay. So Mackay was, a, you know, a small regional town. And well, it's small and regional now, I think. So, I mean, it must have been a sleepy hollow back then. Yeah, and for mum and dad, they they both came from Brisbane. So dad was, um, you know, he okay. got a three-month stint here 50-odd years ago and here they still are. So for them it and was a stayed. massive change. But as a child it was a wonderful place to grow up, a beautiful community. It still is a wonderful community. It's why, you know, my husband and I have chosen to, to live here and raise our Stick two children. Around. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So, um, so you're having this idyllic childhood, which I mean, all I can think of is when I was in Cape Tribulation and the size of the spiders. But anyway, I'm going to move on past that and the giant wildlife that you have is your insect life up there. Um, so what was school like? Did you enjoy school? Loved it. Love school. <laughs> Primary and secondary. Yeah. And look, I wasn't, um, you know, like the, the smartest kid in the class, but I worked really hard. So for me, I've got this absolute determination. So if I couldn't achieve something, I'd set out to do it. And I, and I guess I owe my dad so much for that because he was my, you know, my maths teacher, my chemistry, biology, physics. Oh, um, okay. So I was actually going to be a vet. I actually chose subjects to be a vet in high school because when – Right, so a big science focus. Yeah, which I hate. I absolutely hate, <laughs> but I love animals. <laughs> right. And so when I sort of, you know, back all those years ago, there wasn't encouragement to be in the, the creative sector like there is today. Uh, Mum and Dad were always incredibly supportive, but it just wasn't on the table with what options you could do. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a vet. Uh, Dad brought to my attention in year 12 the amount of coaching he was doing with me with, um, you know, maths one and physics and that going off to uni to do a four or five-year degree where he wouldn't be. Perhaps I should 
head towards <laughs> something that, you know, came naturally to me. And That's so um, funny. Yeah, I'd always done art, always stayed in art, and then I discovered film and television and took that up. So I went from getting. So was that at high school as well, yes, the film and TV? Yeah. Okay. So I went from getting a D in physics in year 11 uh, out. <laughs> You're crazy. I, I, first, I just have to say, I love it that you did physics in year 11. I actually did it to year 12 and I was rubbish at it as well, I but I just, I loved it. I had one of those, you know, you, I always say it's about the teacher and I had a teacher who loved it and he gave me that love of it, even though I was terrible. Like I was English and English lit and humanities all the way <laughs> and physics yes. as you do. Well, I was math, science and art and dropped physics right. in year end of year 11 from a D, <laughs> took up film and television in year 12 and went to an A. So I went, yeah, maybe this is where I'm meant to be. Um, okay. So what happened when you finished school? So what did you do? school and I actually was accepted in two different colleges. So accepted at the Queensland College of Art and also Where's that? Are Brisbane. these down in Brisbane? Yep, That's in okay. Brisbane. So I'd actually won champion photographer in the student section um, at the Royal Brisbane Show and unbeknownst to me, beaten some of the university students. So when I went for my oh, interview. so they kind of knew of you. Yes. Um, so I was accepted to do a BA in photography there and but during my school holidays, I actually attended a workshop at Design College Australia in Brisbane. And right. this whole world opened up to me called graphic design. So is, sorry, can I ask, is design college graphic design? Graphic design, advertising, um, marketing. Right. So I knew in that moment that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. But she was a private college, Design College Australia. She only accepted 15 students. She was full for that next year. So she accepted me the year after. So I deferred and stayed on in Mackay, secured a job at the newspaper as a press photographer. Um, I was a gymnast growing up, so continued on. And when I gave up, became a coach and a judge. So I continued doing that and worked at Pizza Hut part-time as a phone operator. Well, there's an eclectic mix of jobs. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, so then you pack your bags and decide to go to Brisbane. Brisbane. The year after. How scary was that? It was. Were you nervous or excited? I was, and I think leaving mum and dad and my sister was Mm. a really heartfelt moment. Um, You know, it was just a small family and that's all I had known. But I was also really excited about being a part of my tribe finding like-minded people who got excited over, you know, new papers and the smell of paints and, you know, typography and all of those sorts of things. So uh, it was amazing, an absolutely amazing year. So it was a three-year degree crammed into one year. So we did. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so we did full-time hours. Um, yeah, I bet. Eight, eight till five PM every day. Work every night. Assignments all weekend. But when you love what you do, it it didn't feel like study at all. No. Yeah. And I and I love the fact that you can get in and out in a year, mm-hmm. even though really uni for me, I did media studies and uni was really going to the pub. <laughs> I don't think I really did almost anything in the three years I was there. Yeah, we squeezed so a bit for of you that to in. have been working. <laughs> 
eight to eight till five every day at work every night. It's a whole other end of the and, spectrum. And do you really. know what was amazing? So she taught um, the director of this college. Um, she had taught at the Queensland College of Art and identified the the length of time people were taking to do a degree, but also that right. people weren't set up to enter into the workforce when they finished. Yeah. So we attended, our college was in a high rise in the Brisbane city. We had to dress as if we were going to work each day. So she really got us into the right. Yeah, she was amazing. She really did teach the ki- you, all of you kids how to, you know, be employable immediately. It was, it was, so what did what did you do when you finished the degree? What was next? So I graduated in a time where computers weren't being used, but we were yes. on we were on the cusp of it. So yeah. we graduated with this massive big portfolio, and one of my biceps actually in my right arm became bigger than the other from lugging it around to interviews. <laughs> Um, so this is the days when you take your portfolio yes. around and show it to yes. everyone to see if they'll employ Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Okay. You apply, you know, if you see a job, you send your resume in. I made sure my resume was really quirky and different. So I. What did you do? What does that mean? So what did you put in it? I got, it was corrugated cardboard. It's a little mini corrugated cardboard that was available at the time. And I made yeah. these little mini folders and in it was every single sheet of um, card, if you like, was a different colour. Um, so it was quite interactive for the, the person oh, reading yeah. it. I scored interviews into jobs that I was not qualified, you know, minimum five years experience. Because they loved that They wanted CV. to meet the corrugated cardboard girl. Yeah, they great. <laughs> so, Do you know, I mean, I spent about 20 years in that industry and I always remember it was always the really creative people who sent through those creative resumes that got the got the definitely the interview, but often the job as well. Yeah. So I freelanced. I actually freelanced for um, three years in Brisbane, which oh, right. was incredible because I got to work for small design studios, big advertising agencies, um, some incredible experiences, but some horrific experiences. But it's all character building. And you learn from it. <laughs> Go on, tell me a horrific. Tell me one bad oh, one and one good one. Okay. Um, so one. You must have a classic one yeah, that you tell people one bad, over dinner. One bad one. Complete chauvinistic. So all the women listening to this will, will obviously what be a able surprise. to get. Yes. <laughs> so there was myself and two guys, two good friends of mine. Uh, and when he brought us into the room to do the project, he looked at one of the guys and said, right, well, you'll be working up the concepts. The other one, he said, what do you like on a computer? Um, yep, pretty good. All right, you'll be doing those up digitally. And then he looked at me and went, um, you can answer the phones. <gasps> yeah. No. And these two guys oh, who were good God. mates of mine, Jody. knowing me, <laughs> kind of jumped in, I think, to save him. <laughs> and said, oh, no, we'll all share these duties. Um, so he just continued to just be so derogatory. Oh, my God, and, you can make the tea. Yeah. Um, and that lasted three days and I went, I'm not coming back. No, what a surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he probably sat there still and went, Oh, my God, why isn't she here? God, women are so unreliable. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, well but what was amazing, the two guys who – so these were the two guys I started a business with, right? Oh, okay. So we were all contracted. It was like all or none. Were you red and one of them was hot and one of them no, was blue? No, no. So this was not red, hot, blue. This was called Red E. Okay. Yeah, Red E, so completely different business in, in Brisbane. But right. what was amazing was these two guys went – 
she's out, we're all out. So because of how oh, he was treating me. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. wonderful. So pretty special. Um, yeah. And then one of my best experiences was this tiny little small design studio called Creative. Um, and we were right near this train station. So, you know, yeah. every day you'd, <laughs> you'd have all the train. So, you know, an old Queenslander, quite hot. Um, so not the work conditions, you know, noisy, hot, but they were the most beautiful people who sort of took me under their wing and just allowed me to explore. And I actually got to design an ice cream wrappers for Peters, which was a pretty cool thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, real thing. That's very sexy. Yeah. I bet that got you hooked immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, right. so look, spent three years, yeah, just freelancing and gaining some of the most incredible experience I guess along the way yep okay and then and is it this around the time when you decided to start the agency in Brizzy no so we were doing that at the same time obviously starting up it was um it was hard yakas you know three young people not a clue what we were doing um dismal failure I don't think we earned much money at all they both were from Brisbane so they were living at home whereas obviously I had rent and and all sorts of expenses I went I went vegetarian for a year just even to save some dollars (laughs) on meat (laughs) Um, so how did you know that it wasn't that it was time to give up I there was one of the guys um, was very, very pig-headed in how he felt things should be and, you know, you sort of start realising where, I guess, um, partnerships particularly. So for me that was, you know, my first experience of a, of a partnership yep. and you, I sort of started learning this is not a equal decision-making um, environment. No. So yeah. so did you have a contract, you three, as a, as partners? Had you put together some kind of a how to get out if we don't decide we don't want like each other? Not really. Again, we were 19. Right. We were 19, you know, so we're like, let's get yeah, this right. No, well, I, I did. I had a graphic design business at 24 yeah. and thank goodness one of the partners in our, there were three of us as well, two designers and me doing the kind of new business and client yeah. service side. And when they, when we decided to split, they weren't very happy about it. And we had put in a clause that said, we're going to let the accountant decide how much we've got to pay and right. stuff. <laughs> and that saved everything because I don't, they never really spoke to me again, but you know, I, yeah. I guess I was able to get out with what I wanted and it was sort of fairly clean. So how did you split oh, it up it, then? Look, it was an amicable end and we all just agreed that we would go our separate ways. Um, okay. One of them Obviously, unfortunately, that was the end. Never heard from him again. But the other one was still really good mates. I was groom's girl. Oh, that's great! I was groom's girl at his wedding, so that was a, a really oh. special honour. Um, yeah, so we still keep in touch today. So but, that's fantastic. But look, you know, and, and I don't look at it as a, a failed time in my life. I look oh, at it no. as such an incredible opportunity to learn from it. And and people have said to me, "Did it deter you from moving forward?" And I said, "No." Definitely not. No, and to do it at 19 is great. I mean, there is no better, as you say, mm-hmm. no better way to learn. Mm-hmm. So what did you do next? What happened after So after that freelancing, uh, you know, look, I, I loved it, but you get to a point where you just want to have work, secure workmates, know where you're turning up each day, each week, how much you're earning because <laughs> um, yeah. that fluctuated. And so I did make the decision that I, I missed home. 
Um, I missed family. I was tired of spending, you know, an, an hour each way on in traffic every day, all of those sorts of things. And so I right. moved to, I, I started applying for jobs at home. Now, in Mackay, you can imagine there's not a lot of opportunity. No, I was thinking maybe you had the first and only graphic design studio in Mackay. No, no, so there was some really old school kind of train of thinking, a lot of commercial artists, which more was sort of in that oh, songwriting yeah. space. There was one fabulous lady, um, Excess Graphics, she was called, and I applied for her with her, but she didn't have any work. And so I saw the position with the Daily Mercury, the newspaper, where I had previously worked as a press photographer straight out of high school. Oh, yeah. But it was in the advertising department, writing all the ads, designing all the ads. And I applied and I got the job. Uh, with, Brilliant. With the view of I will start up my own business. I am not coming home to do this. Um, and I do right. remember you know, my first day walking up the stairs, mum and dad's, and they're like, how was your day? And I, I felt soul destroyed, actually. I felt a little, um, I can't believe this is what I've settled for um, because I had big aspirations of designing and changing the world and, and all of this sort of thing. And then to feel like yeah. I was back at the newspaper, which is where I'd left, you know, four years like earlier. But I used it as I used it as the catalyst to go. This is another learning. This is another opportunity, and and it was phenomenal. And the guy I worked with, the art director, he was. We was had so much fun. So much fun. Look, you learn so much working on local papers. That was my, my our backgrounds are incredibly similar. I have to yeah. say, I did graphic design, <laughs> and then I, and then I moved into newspapers as well. And when they're small, you really do start to understand how it all works. Mm-hmm. You know how what editorial fits with advertising, how important advertising is, and then how what what kind of works in terms of design for ads. And yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I I did a lot of real estate ads and I'll never forget turning around to one of my clients once and saying, I won't take the order. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, you're trying to cram. So a 10 by two, which you would remember was is about yes. the size of a packet of cigarettes. Yes. And they were trying to cram four houses into it. And I said, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to get any benefit and neither am I. And, um, you know, and I, I'll never forget because the CEO of the company rang me and I was like, oh my God, here we go. And he was like, thank you for saying that. No one has ever said that to us before. And we appreciate it. So when we've got a full page, we'll be coming back to you, Brilliant. which was great. Yeah. And it's, and but it's it so is, true. It's, it's, it's that it's, ability to um, look at what a person can't understand and give them that feedback so that yeah. you know what is going to be achieved. And, yeah, you know, and I think from working as a press photographer then being amongst all the salespeople, um, yep. you'd get a scrap of paper in your tray with some crappy ass photo that you had to turn into some glowing advertising. <laughs> Gorgeous. Writing thing, the yeah. copy, designing it up, and, and in really tight turnaround. So it, it really did set me up for the ability to how you deal with all these sorts of challenges. And and the most amazing thing from it, I actually secured hog's breath for myself, for my business moving forward oh my as goodness. a client doing all their advertising because I was always about pushing the boundaries and everyone was like, Jodie, you yeah. can't do that. You can't do that. I'm like, yes, you can. Why not? And so Hogsbreath were coming up to their birthday celebration and they were going to just run their stupid old ad that they'd done before. And I said, let's go and get, is there a local piggery 
And someone said, I think there is, Jamie. I said, let's go and get some photos of a pig at the piggery. Because, again, this was pre-get on, you know, and Google a photo or that's go on right, to Shutterstock. Right. You had to create it for yourself. So I went out to this piggery. I lined up the photographer, went out to this piggery, got a photo of a pig's bum with yeah, the curly right. tail. And we had, um, you know, just another boring birthday celebration. And then I had the pig's ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's going to be spectacular. And that just catapulted so much awareness that it actually went to the head marketing person for Hog's Breath. And wow. they made contact and said, hey. You're the woman for we us. We want to do some more. And so was that your first client? Was that the thing that helped you set up the agency then? It was um, It was one of, yeah, definitely. Because what right. I was doing was I decided that I would freelance on the side. So in my lunch breaks, I'd be off right. going and having meetings or I'd go and check the printer on how print jobs were going, you know, after work. And you were allowed to? Did they know that or were you just hiding yeah, it? Yeah, no. Look, I think they were fine because for me it was more about I was doing a lot of design work at that point in time, so a lot of brand development, logos, um, corporate material. Right. And I wasn't competing with them as in that I had a publication or anything like that. So Yeah, right. So, yeah, so they were one of the few and, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it was really, a, I guess, a proud moment for myself too and I guess for some of the salespeople and, and who had always just towed the line to realise that if you do feel brave enough Go out, yeah. that yes. great things can happen. And that and, and isn't that the truth? In fact, you've just hit the nail on the head really with all good design and with good art is about breaking out of the mould and doing something different. <laughs> so you decided, so you do your two years at the newspaper what what happened then? How did you actually set up the agency? Obviously you had one client and <laughs> yes. why did you call it Red Hot Blue? Okay, so I, I I can't recall the actual moment where I went, this is it, but I, I, I think I'd lapsed into over the two-year mark. So I was like, okay, this, this has to happen. Handing in my notice. Yes. Yep. And because I'd been freelancing, I had been building some clients. And I thought, right. now or never, I'm 23, throw caution to the wind, Jody. what have you got to lose? And so I set up in my mum and dad's rumpus room. That's where Red Hot Blue right. started from, um, in the rumpus room. And the name Red Hot Blue, I had had years and years and years earlier. So it was, oh, it right. was that. It was that. So it was going to be a band or a business or a something, but <laughs> something. it was going to be something in your life. Yes. <laughs> I just knew. I knew I would have a business. And so I used to carry this little visual diary with me and everywhere I went I'd write down ideas or thoughts. And I was actually at an indoor cricket game with some friends watching. Yeah. And that's when the name Red Hot Blue came to me. So years earlier. And it just never left my mind. And when I decided, okay, it's time to start my business, I'm doing this, I sat down, I brainstormed ideas, but Red Hot Blue just kept coming back, coming back, coming back. And I went, I'm going to go with it. That's what it's going to be. Great. So I registered so and I yeah. set up at home and took over poor mum and dad's rumpus room. So dad had come down to, you know, use his computer and he'd be stepping over all my projects and mum would want to use the ironing board and I'd have stuff lined up on that. <laughs> and I did that for about six months and I decided, it's time to get my own office. So right. took that next big brave step of 
you know, in a city office space and paying still rent. Still by yourself at this stage, just a woman on her own? Yes, still by myself. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and, and I guess for me what then propelled um, people knowing of me was I have a little 1963 model Beetle that I still have of today. Of course you do. It's bright orange. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> and so... I would, it was branded up with red, hot, blue. And so, you know, every two hours you've got to move your car in Mackay. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I'd move it to different spots and people would start to see it. Um, to connect it with the red-headed woman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Oh, that's such a great story, Jodie. And 25 years later, mm. it's just grown and grown. Yeah. Okay, so one of the things that I like to talk about, especially for women running their own businesses, mm -hmm. and you don't have to, but I'm going to ask anyway, is um, that it isn't always a, a very smooth trajectory that kind of just is like an arrow that points up and we all just grow and there's never any issues. So I was wondering if you would share with me a time that you had a challenge and how you resolved it. And I guess what I'm looking for is those moments where often something happens and you just think, God, this is an absolute disaster. <laughs> and then it sends you in another direction that you have to do because you've got no option. And yet you look back later and go, ah, kind of glad that did happen because it's taught me something or I've, you know, decided to do something different. Have you had a moment like that that you could share with us? Yeah. Um, look, I guess 25 years in business, there's been lots of, yeah, lots was, of, lots I'm of. I'm counting on the fact you've probably got 50 of them, but anyway. <laughs> we haven't got time for 50. So many, like as, as many as there's so many incredible um, accolades and, and moments yes. of success, there's also absolutely those those big tidal waves that sometimes you feel like are going to wash you out. To and we see. learn a lot more from those. I always say to people, you don't really learn a lot from success other than how to party and celebrate, yeah. but it's, it's the tough times that can come back and actually be, you know, yeah. a bit of a, a, a positive. Yeah. And I guess, so there's probably two that um, one would be for me is when I had this explosion of growth and as much as growth sounds exciting and it is, but there's also a lot of challenges that come with that because a it's lot. how do you maintain the level of quality that you've been doing when you're bringing on employees? How do they understand your vision? Um, how do you make ends meet? Like there's the financial levers. There's all these sorts of extra things that you've got to consider. And um, so growth is exciting, but it's also can be very overwhelming and yeah. a lot of people fail. It's when a lot of businesses fail. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of them fail at that growth stage. And what I realised was very quickly with this growth is that all these things that I'd just done in my head, I didn't have to have systems, I didn't have to have procedures, it was just in my skull. Um, when you start employing people, they need a plan, they need a path, they need yes. a roadmap. So I had to learn what am I going to do about this and I was very, very fortunate to have a business mentor um, come on in 2003. So I'd been about six years in business at that stage and yeah. he taught me the art of delegation. And <laughs> I, I didn't realise it was a thing. Is. Do you know what I mean? Like right. you sort of think, oh, yeah, you know, but – he actually taught me that if you want to grow this business, if you want to succeed, Jody, you have to let go of the reins. You have to stop being so controlling of what you're doing and your staff are going to make mistakes and they're going to do it slower than what you do but help them to learn just as you've learnt. 
And so that was such an incredible moment and I hold yeah, him in such advice. regard because he yeah. um, he taught me how to use the other side of my brain, you know, to make this more yeah, wholesome great. approach to business rather than just looking through the creative lens. Um, yeah, and, and he also said, oh, you also need to learn the word no because saying <laughs> yes to everything and wearing multiple hats is actually not a sign of success. Um, it's just you're doing everything mediocre. So yeah, yes, incredible. I remember, I remember someone saying to me, "You've ne- you will never ever see a multi million dollar company that is being run by one person." Yeah. So like, if you, you're going to have to at some stage get other people yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and now along the journey, because this is about she's the boss, and because I'm trying to make women in business more visible, um, one of the things that I like to ask is, have there been any women that stand out to you that have helped you on your journey um, that you want to tell us a little bit, give them a little shout out? Look, have you got any women well, like that? I, I know, and this is going completely against the grain of she's the boss, isn't no. it? Because when You can't think of any? Well, when I think about the people who have made huge impact, on me as a person. It's been blokes. It's been males. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of them's my dad. Um, he always made me believe anything was possible, even when the finish line looked like it was so far away. Um, so I give him such credit for me having yeah, that determination absolutely. and that just desire to go, I can do this. Where there's a will, there's a way. Um, my business mentor, I just mentioned. Um, incredible yeah. what he gave me. Didn't you say there was a woman though when you were in your first job? I'm just trying to think when you were talking about the earlier well, jobs. I was talking about the director of the college. Her name was Julie. Yes, that's what yes. it was. Right. And, okay. Um, what, I loved, what, what I loved about her was, I guess, like there was a lot of um, breaking the mold. Like I love that she broke the mold. I love that she decided yes. I'm not going to do it this way. There's a better way to do it. So being that she was the my teacher, which is not what not different really to you no. now. So she must have imparted something yes. because you lo- do love that breaking the mold yeah, as well. Absolutely. And look, probably mm. um, there's an, another person that stands out to me is Deborah Howe, and I got to work with Deborah. She's an amazing lady. She. Um, has been Telstra Business Women of the Year. She's done all sorts of things. What does she do? Well, she's now with the council. So I got to work with her through the Mackay Regional Council and she came on and she just changed the landscape of how traditionally things would typically be done. Um, with a council ah, and we actually a woman after your own yes, heart yes and she used to call us like she said we were like you know um sisters from another mister um <laughs> and super tall she had short red hair but super tall um larger than right. life and we created some phenomenal things together. So we turned the city centre of Mackay into Twilight City. We brought 30,000 people into that space. We helped during a, um, there was a massive renovation and and revitalisation of the city centre. So businesses had to live through that and were doing it tough. So we looked at ways in which we could still kind of keep that energy and and bringing people um, in to do business with business. And I loved the fact that she just took, she never took no for an answer. If there was, if there was a way around it, she would find it. And it was really, really refreshing to work with somebody like that where typically 
those sorts of scenarios are just shut down. Yeah. So Yeah, she no, she looks she sounds fabulous. She was. She is. I, okay. Yeah. Oh, good. So my next question to you is about burnout mm-hmm. because one of, and you've run a business for a long time. Um, and I, having worked in graphic design myself a lot, I know the hours can be quite cruel sometimes. Yeah. So how do you, and you've got two kids, you said, and a, and, a, and a husband as well. So how do you do the juggle to give yourself time out, um, to keep, keep the business going, but give yourself time out and to obviously nurture your family and your kids. Yeah. I, How do you structure your week? <laughs> um, I would say I'm really bad at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, look, I think I'm blessed that I have more energy than most people. Yeah. <laughs> so whether that's a, whether that's a, plus or a, or a negative, because I do have so plus. much energy, I <laughs> seem to just, I don't get tired. I just keep going okay. and I can keep going and I love it and it fills my cup. But it's, you know, look, I'm very, very grateful and very fortunate to have a wonderful family around me, a wonderful team of people. So without them, I could not have achieved what I have in business. Um, you know, and, and look, I actually put a manager on when I had my my two girls because I made okay. the decision and it was a really tough decision because I was still on the tools. I was still designing, creating the work, um, very Right up on. to eight months, eight yes. months and yes. 25 days, Correct. I bet. I was. You're spot on. <laughs> Had to drag me out of the business. Yes, um, I bet. But I made this decision and it was funny because nobody thought I was ever going to have children. They're like, oh, she's just you know, in love with her business. That's Too her driven, first child. ambitious. Uh, but five months after having Tia, my first child, I actually said, I'm actually going to admit to myself and to the world, I love being a mum. I love this little person. Yeah, great. And I had two decisions to, you know, uh, two roads, I guess, to, to sort of choose. And that was either I go back to work full time I continue being hands-on because it wasn't fair to allow other designers to have to pick up my work or clients wait for me. Or I take a step back from the tools, I go part-time, I spend time with my daughter and then obviously as my second daughter come along because I'm never going to get that time ever again. And that's That's what I chose to do. So well done. Yeah, and and look, um, it wasn't – it it was – Sort of bittersweet because it was this hanging up my hat in what I started. Just for a while, though. Yeah. I'm assuming this was until they went to school, was it? Well, I actually Would haven't you do gone back on that? the tools. So, oh. no, no. I because Oh, I see what you mean. So you stopped working in the business and, I, and started working on the business. Yeah, I was still the graphic designer, designing logos, designing the brochures, right. producing the TV ads. But what it actually allowed me to do by employing a manager by taking a step back, by having these beautiful moments and time with my children, it actually allowed me to grow my business again because yeah. I brought on other people and I would consult. I would be the person that would help drive the vision, work with the team, work with the creatives and allow them to flourish and do what they do so well. So, um, and, and look, I'm a big believer, live with no regrets. You know, that right. that is no regrets. Yep, and totally. for me, It was actually a lady in a park. I was there with Tia in the pram and she said to me, darling, you will never wake up when you're 90 years of age and think, gee, I wish I worked more. 
You will wake up and say, I wish I had those moments again with my children that you can't ever get back. And it really just something clicked inside. And I'm a, I'm a, that's the sort of person I am. I'm all in or all out. Yep. And so for me, it was, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and, and fortunate to have both my mum and dad and my in laws that live here. So, yeah, so they were able to help yeah. you as well. And and also for the kids, if they're not with you, then being with grandma or oh. being with, um, you know, grandparents is just as it's good. It's been beautiful. And it's Whereas beautiful they don't, to see that relationship that they have. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I do tend to be the person that has a lot of balls in the air. <laughs> so, so to go back to my question of how do you structure your week, do you have like is weekend family time, is after six family time or really? Yeah, so look, a couple of things um, in all honesty. I, I made it a rule that I never, ever took my mobile phone into school with me in the mornings when I'd take my daughters into school, when I'd pick okay. them up in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm not a brain surgeon. No one's going to die if I don't answer the yep, phone. okay. And they've yep. forgotten about a deadline. So no phone um, in and out of school in the afternoons. I put my phone on silent as soon as, you know, I'm home in the afternoon so that it's not a constant reminder. Oh, well done. Um, and, and, yeah, you know, look, I do. And holidays? Yes. You good at, are you good at taking holidays as well? Yes, I am. I, and I believe good. more so with since having children because we want to create yes. those moments with them. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think you've got to be very That's- conscious when you are somebody that loves what they do for a job. It's a very conscious decision to have to make what am I doing that's not work. Yes, mm. yes, you're very right. Mm. You're very right. Okay, and the last question is kind of a cute one. Mm-hmm. Is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? Okay, so um, I'm actually <laughs> oh, not a natural. This one. I'm actually not a natural redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks I am. What colour are you naturally? Oh, like a mousy blonde. Dark, wow, well, it brown. really suits you. <laughs> it really suits you. Yeah, so, I love so it. everybody, everyone is shocked when I when I say that, but it's been red <laughs> for gosh, 25, 30 years. Oh, okay. So you've been a long right, time. So this is this is your colour. Yes. To go with the car. That's right. The orange car That's back exactly in the day. Right. Um, fantastic. Well, Jody, what an amazing woman you are. And really hold, holding on to the business for 25 years is I think you, that might be the longest of anyone out of the 200 women that I have oh, interviewed. So wow. congratulations. Um, if people would like to work with you and do some strategy with you, what is the best way for them to get hold of you? Yeah, we would love to um, obviously work with any of the women that are out there. And the best way is obviously via socials. Uh, Red Hot Blue is on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, but so too am I. So if they look up okay. Jodie the Eula, um, they'll be able to find me on LinkedIn, but my email address is. Okay. And yeah. I'm just going to have to ask on air because we talked about it off air. What is Lee? Is, is your name Jody <laughs> Lee or how does it, how does that work? Because I see Jody Eula and I see Jody Lee. Oh, and I'm watching it's an ongoing joke, right? So if my mum and dad are listening or, you know, if they do listen to this. So <laughs> well, they will my, be, my I'm whole sure. name is Jody Lee Eula. But in college, right. as creatives do, I decided to put a hyphen um, <laughs> in my name and even got it on legal documents, which that mum and dad right. were horrified by. <laughs> 
So, I, so it's your middle name. It's, it's not. It's not name. actually. They never called you Jodie Lee. No, no. I just went. It's through a bit a, cool though. It's like John Lee Hooker. <laughs> I just went through a stage where I was Jodie Lee. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So um, some of the socials are Jodie Lee Euler. Some are Jodie Euler. Okay. But um, yeah, look, okay. they can email. My email address is Jodie J O D Y at redhotblue.com.au. Okay. Yeah. And then and redhotblue.com.au I guess is the website. Correct. Beautiful. All right. Thank you so, so much for this lovely interview. I can't wait to share it. Thank you so much for having me, Jules. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'sthebos.com.au. She's the boss.